I think Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com. He is standing by, one of our Michigan insiders. Man, I don't like this break. I know the players need it. Preparation coaches, Harbaugh, his staff, Saban, his staff for that monster matchup. New Year's Day at 5 p.m. at the Rose Bowl uh, in Pasadena. Uh, Before we get to your early thoughts on that game, Clayton, uh, what's the latest on Juwan Howard? Is he going to survive all this drama uh, connected to Sanderson and the altercation? Yeah, I'm not sure yet. Um, You know, it went through an HR review or is going through that and don't know for sure whether or not that's concluded yet, but I would imagine we would have heard if it was. So uh, John Sanderson, Michigan strength coach, after the argument, altercation, whatever you want to call it, filed a claim to Michigan's HR department, which, you know, to me, huge. I mean, when you think about and I'm not blaming John Sanderson for doing that, but I think it speaks to a bigger issue within the program that he felt like he needed to do that. And again, not blaming him. In fact, I would actually, you know, the opposite, uh, but just the, the culture, um, you know, certainly doesn't feel like it's where it should be. And I don't think that's even something that I wouldn't have said, you know, even if this didn't happen, it's something that probably a lot of people have noticed over the last couple of years, they missed a tournament a year ago off to a five and five start this year. And then, you know, this may be the worst of it. The fact that, uh, you know, the leader of your program got in some sort of altercation with a subordinate, um, you know, there, there are different ways to handle that. To me, it, it, you know, speaks to, you know, anger kind of getting the best of everybody in the situation. If it couldn't have been dealt with much better than this privately, you know, after practice, that sort of thing. So I think that's kind of where we stand. But the interesting thing and really the most key point, I think, huge is, that Jawan Howard is under a zero tolerance policy with his contract at Michigan after what happened in Wisconsin in 2022. So the fact that this is headed to and going through an HR review, I mean, all bets are kind of off as to what happens because he has that policy in place. And, you know, there are people kind of quote unquote outside of things dealing with it. Yeah, just more drama that the uh, University of Michigan athletic department, they don't need. It's been a, a football season filled with drama, which is amazing. Uh, to see what Harbaugh and his staff and those players have done uh, to shut out the noise and be the number one seed in the college football playoff. And we'll get to the Alabama game in a moment. But to go to the HR office to file a complaint, there had to be something said uh, that, that was worthy of somebody losing their job, in my mind. Yeah, I mean, possibly. And I, I think those are basically the details that we're missing in this. You see a couple really good reports, one of them by the athletic, the other one, Jeff Goodman talking about on his podcast and, you know, pretty detailed except for exactly what was said. Now you would imagine if they're heading out to the practice floor, when this happened, that there's video of this, maybe the cameras weren't rolling at that point, but you know, obviously there's, there are cameras within, uh, you know, whether it's the, the practice floor or if they're practicing over at Chrysler. Um, but is there audio? Are there accounts of what happened? I would imagine there was an audio and that the reason why it's taking days and days to do this is because they probably have to get a bunch of different accounts from people who saw this. And according to Jeff Goodman, multiple players witnessed the altercation, which makes things worse in my mind too, to, to do that in front of the players. Um, so I think those are the key details. But like you said, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like just a regular disagreement if someone went to HR, um, you know, clearly. So Whatever was said, um, you know, I would imagine it it wasn't great. And again, it leaves it now into into other people's hands. Uh, the HR, 
because Juwan Howard has that policy. So it sounds like John Sanderson has not been around, or at least wasn't as of yesterday. The program, uh, it, I think that was voluntary from what we've heard. Um, but it'll just be interesting to see, one, if they can all survive this, particularly Juwan Howard, and two, if they can actually move forward and kind of resolve that issue and, and move ahead with everyone you know, plowing in the same direction because you've got to get back on track here with your staff and your vision. My guess is you go to HR, you never want to work for the guy again if you're Sanderson. Right. And Juwan and his son Jace on Twitter defending him, calling out people, not – not a good look. I'm telling you, they University of Michigan Athletics, they need to find a way to keep their business behind closed doors, do it uh, above board. Uh, but all these uh, Twitter wars and everything we've seen going back to the even the offseason, start of the season with the self-imposed three-game suspension, the more I reflect on Michigan's season, to lose Harbaugh for six games, to deal with the garbage that had nothing to do with any of those players, and they're still Big Ten champs, beat Ohio State for a third time, and they got the overall number one seed in the college football playoff, and we get that historic matchup with Saban on New Year's Day of 5 p.m. at the Rose Bowl. I cannot wait for that matchup, and a lot of people. Uh, last night, Russ Wilcox, a good friend, Lanny Preston, asking me, hey, uh, can they win? And I said, all right, name somebody outside of Milrose, the quarterback, on the Alabama offense. That might be the first time ever that you can't name a great running back or wide receiver or multiple wide receivers or running backs. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a good point. Um, you know, it doesn't have the names, even on their defense, too, and I think their defense is pretty good, but um, – and obviously – you know, where it's all relative here, it's all very good, you know, offense, defense, whatever, to get to this spot. But, um, you know, when you compare it to past Alabama teams, there's not even like the, you know, Will Anderson on the, on the defensive side that you can recognize or, you know, a lot of those big names. Uh, Jalen Milrow has been good, and I think he's very dangerous, and I think a lot of Michigan fans are scared of the mobile quarterback. But at the same time, I mean, he's had, I think, majority of his games, 15 or less completion, um, you know, and some games he'll go off with his running, but some games – It'll take five sacks. So it's kind of hit or miss. And that's what you get a lot of times with first-year starting quarterbacks. So maybe the script will be flipped from last year's college football playoff game when the experienced quarterback, Max Duggan, uh, you know, played better and more clean and mistake-free than J.J. McCarthy, who was the first-year guy who made a couple big mistakes, as we all know. So maybe it'll be flipped now because J.J. is 25-1 and as a starter. He's, like, you know, like I just said, tw- started 26 games, which is just crazy to think about already in his career as just a junior. So maybe that'll be flipped a little bit. But I agree. They don't scare you in the skill positions as much. They do still have a, a couple good ones, and Milrow throws a good deep ball. So you got to be aware and make sure you don't give up those big plays. But Michigan's defense is kind of built to not give up the big plays, uh, as we've seen them kind of build it towards that Ohio State game at the end of the year each, each season. So I think that's going to be key for them, too. Um, but certainly Alabama still scares you in quite a bit of ways. I mean, the interior of their defensive line is massive. Uh, The O-line's okay, but you're very big and and some athletes up there, so you're going to have to be able to match them at the line of scrimmage. Not many teams have been able to do that to Michigan this year. Now Michigan's got to match Alabama, and Alabama's got to match Michigan, so I think it's going to be a really good close game on New Year's Day. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us. On the Roast Umber Coffee guest line, I'm just looking at Washington and Texas. So 
If Michigan can take care of business, they're a one-point favorite on the DraftKings Sportsbook app Big Board. Who is a better matchup in Houston to win the national title? I think it's Washington because if it's Texas, you're going to get a home game for the Longhorns. That's a good point, too. And I think uh, Washington's a better matchup for Michigan regardless of where it's played. But you're right. It's, that thing's played in Houston. I mean, it is going to be – there'd be a lot of burnt orange there. Um, so I think you're hoping for Washington, although you just would take the win and, and figure it out from there. You're the first game, too. So if Michigan wins that game, think of their fans being able to sit back and watch the Sugar Bowl afterwards. But I think it's Washington because they're, they're less of a complete team than me. Michael Penix and their passing game with fantastic receivers – certainly pose a big threat. And if they were to beat Texas, that would further prove themselves as a great team. But when I watch Texas, I mean, it's like they got the guys on the, at the line of scrimmage, especially on the defensive line. They have really good skill position players. I mean, Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, they're uh, two wide receivers. And then Sanders, their tight end, is an absolute freak in nature. He's going to be potentially a first-round pick this year. And then they have the quarterback, Quinn Ewers. I know he hasn't been the same since he returned from injury, but he gets a month off, too. It looks good earlier on in the year. So that's a complete Texas team. I would much rather face Washington. I think Vegas says that as well because Texas is the favorite four points over Washington last time I checked. So, um, yeah, and then you add the geography in there, and certainly it would be the Huskies. But you get past Alabama, and I think you'd be fortunate and, and feel good about playing anybody because you just want to give yourself that chance on that Monday night and you see what happens because, you know, Michigan hasn't been in a national championship game before. One final thought on Howard, if he loses his job either now or at the end of the season uh, because of the zero tolerance policy, who who would be the leading candidate you think to replace him for Michigan basketball? Yeah, it's so hard to say uh, at this point. I have you know coming into the year, I hadn't even thought about that. It's kind of something I would think about towards the end of the year. The Dusty May from Florida Atlantic is probably the one name that I just have had my eye on since their run in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, and not, not for Michigan's replacement, but just as the next guy, as you look at the college basketball landscape, to who's going to get one of those big jobs. I know they signed him to an extension, but I think a step up, you know, heading into a Big Ten or an ACC would be something uh, that would be a natural progression for him. So that would be the one name I could give right now. But, um, you know, you hope for everybody involved that, that at least right away is this week in the immediate – uh, short term here, we don't have to worry about that. But uh, certainly, with the way the season's going and this incident, you know, it's not too far fetched to think that could be coming down the, in the future. Nobody can use the phrase "far fetched" better than Clayton Safey. <laughs> That's right. And we we want to give a shout out. Josh Garvey was telling me he met your mother and your brother, uh, who work at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew here at the end of the year. And Josh will join us later with Lomas Brown. Breaking down Lions, Bears, looking ahead to Lions and the Broncos. And he loves your mother and he loves your brother. And he didn't even make the connection. He's listened to the show forever with Clayton Xavier from the Wolverine.com and the pride and joy of the Safey family. They all listen every day with Mama's Bubble Pizza on our flagship station, 96.1 The Game. And also they're proud to be a part of Dorn Mayhew. That's a small world and good stuff, Clayton. Absolutely. Absolutely. My mom just celebrated, got a plaque for it. 20 years at Bean Garter and Dorn Mayhew. So she's proud of it. And what a great company. And shout out to Josh as well. Great segment the other day with John Beeline. By the way, um, Chris Ballas said you're getting a plaque uh, that he bought at a carnival that says <laughs> champ. 
It's a five dollar plaque, but the meaning carries a no. lot of weight with you. Okay. I think it's a chump, actually, for me. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. I know your family's <laughs> listening. I'm not taking you out like that. Okay. There we go. I love it. All right. Tell Chris. Thanks for uh, he had something come up. He's he, you know he's a busy man. We love him, but we got you. We got Anthony Broom. We'll have Chris on tomorrow. I love the team from the Wolverine.com. I can't wait for Michigan Alabama on New Year's Day at 5 p.m. That's right. I'm fired up. Well, thanks for having me. And have you a don't one. sound fired up. You sound overworked. <laughs> Fair. Okay. We love you, Clayton. <laughs> Back at you. Yeah. There he is.